sports, politics, life. Advantage Termite and Pest Control presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues online at AdvantageTPC.com. I've concluded that Republican primary debates without Donald Trump are a lot like when the Saints play the Panthers in the NFL. You know, everybody's in the same division. They play multiple times in a year. Nobody watches. But if something interesting happens, if a fight breaks out, if somebody gets hurt, somebody gets ejected, or there's an incredible highlight, we'll all see it. You'll all eventually see the highlight, even from like a Saints-Panthers Packers game, game, a game that nobody really watches. That's what the debates are. Nobody's watching these debates. This debate occurred on News Nation on Wednesday night, and I'm sick, so I watched it and watched a lot of it. And I was entertained by it, and I enjoyed it. Maybe you did. If not, the reason you listen to this podcast is for me to give you a little, uh, I don't know, a little recap of what happened, because there is something important that happened on Wednesday night, and I think this is very important. But again, nobody watched this. It's really the 48-hour probably news cycle afterwards that is the important part. As people are talking about what happened, we see the little clips. That's where Vivek always wins. The little snippets and clips on the internet, because he's wild at these debates. He's always throwing... 10-second haymakers, and so it gets a lot of social media presence. Look, this is really simple on this Pearl Harbor Day where we remember as we're on the brink of perhaps more war in Europe and things like that, that in 1941, on December 6th, 80% of Americans were against being in a war that was taking place in Europe and threatening in Asia and all these different places, and then Pearl Harbor happened and we were all in. And so we should remember that on this day, but there are some high stakes today as well, and a lot of these were brought forward in this debate. And one of the things that I noticed about this particular debate is the primary for who's running against Trump, and that's really what it is. It's not for the nomination. It's can they get to, I think what they all really want to do before Super Tuesday and all that, can it get down to one candidate against Trump and then let's see how people vote? That's over. It's Ron DeSantis. This was put to bed on Wednesday night. It's over. Nobody else is going to tell you this. You're not going to see this. There's all kinds of corporate media entities that want Nikki Haley to stay in. Go girl power. She wears heels. And Chris Christie is a media darling on the left because he's basically one of them. He's a member of the media. He's more liberal than conservative. And he's in there just bashing Trump. That's the only reason he's on the debate stage. God only knows who's funding what his disastrous campaign has been. And Vivek Ramaswamy... I'll explain why he's been so great for this process, but he's clearly not ready, but he's done a a, a really great service to conservatism in America by being in this race. I don't think there's a lot of people out there that will not take him seriously at this point because, because of some of the antics in the debates and things that he said, but it's been a wonderful exercise. Look, there's two players in the Republican Party. It's Trump and DeSantis. And in my perfect world, I believe in the voters. I, I, I don't think we could go wrong with either one in the White House. Do I think DeSantis has a better chance of beating Biden? Probably, because I'm guessing whatever Democrats do to spoil the election or to win it for themselves is geared toward going against Trump. They have something. They have something. And it's probably geared toward Trump, not DeSantis. So I, I do. I think DeSantis would probably have a better chance of winning than Trump. But I think Trump is going to be the nominee, and I still think he has a great chance of beating Biden. I do. I just think that's where the country is. But we need to get this thing down to two. If we want to really have a a challenge to Trump, if we want to feel good about the process and say, 
We gave Republicans and conservatives all over the country the opportunity to be heard. It's not by giving 5% of the vote to Chris Christie. It's not by giving 9 or 10 or 11% to Nikki Haley. These are cooked candidates. They have absolutely no chance. Let's go through them. Chris Christie is a complete Democrat plant. That's it. And he is working toward making even more money after he bows out in the next few weeks. And he will. They'll all stay on, I guess, through the holidays. Then they'll bow out. Maybe they'll go to the first primary. Maybe they won't. There was a moment in this debate where Chris Christie gave a full-throated supporting comment to Nikki Haley because he thought Vivek Ramaswamy was bashing on her too hard for being the neocon pro-war candidate that she is. And so here came Christie saying you shouldn't insult another person on stage when literally all he does is insult Trump. He jumps to Nikki Haley's defense, and it just occurred to me in that moment, it was so full-throated, I think he's going to pull out and say, please, everybody that's voting for me, vote for Nikki Haley. And it's amazing because they were on the left side of the stage. And on the right side of the stage, you have two people that espouse great conservative talking points, values, issues in Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy. So here's Christie, the Democrat plant, and they're bashing Trump and looking like he's going to support Nikki Haley. Well, that's great. But Nikki Haley is such a last-ditch, last-breath effort of the establishment of the Republican Party, which loves war because they're, you know, it's the same thing that happens to Democrats. The really, really rich Republican people have lost their conservative roots over the money that they make. They take that money and they support candidates will keep who will keep the money flowing. In most cases, this is in industries like pharmaceuticals and war. And there's a lot of money to be made in big pharma and big war. And Nikki Haley's on board with all of it. She loves all of it. She's got money. She made money from Boeing, which is based in South Carolina. When she was no longer the ambassador, she went and sat on the board for like a year with Boeing and made millions of dollars. She left basically public service with nothing and now has millions and millions of dollars because she went to work for these corporations. Well, they're behind her and there's billionaires behind her and the Koch brothers are behind her. And what do you think they want? They want to continue the status quo. You see, people that have hundreds of millions or billions of dollars want the status quo. They don't want anything to change. They love war. They love big pharma. They love biotech. They like green energy. They like all these things because it's just flowing with massive amounts, trillions of dollars from the federal government of our money. And why wouldn't they love that? And what do they care about the rest of us? They don't. And they love Nikki Haley. And this is where Vivek Ramaswamy was so important in this primary, or in particular in this debate. He's outed her. Is Vivek obnoxious? Yes. Do I like it? Yes, I do. Because I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a serious contender to be president of the United States. He's not presidential yet, although we don't really know what presidential is anymore. Joe Biden certainly is not presidential. Donald Trump has been accused by pretty much everyone of not being presidential. So those things are changing. Vivek's biggest claim is I'm self-made and I'm very young. That's his, that's his talking point. But ma mainly what he did was, he and I could kind of feel a little bit of a bond between DeSantis and Vivek last night. He flanked DeSantis in these debates and said, I'll do your dirty work for you so you can stand there and maybe look a little more presidential than the rest of us. And I'll be damned if that isn't what happened. We watched Chris Christie go after Vivek for going after Nikki Haley, and the longer it went and the longer it went and the longer it went, the more presidential Ron DeSantis looked, the better he looked. 
the more likely it is that he's going to come out of this thing on top. I don't see it as close. If you take Trump out of the equation and we're just going to go vote in primaries and you got to pick one of these four, it's Ron DeSantis and it's not close. I mean, there's no question. And I applaud Vivek Ramaswamy for doing the Lord's work, really, in the Republican debates and in the campaign and in the primary for pointing out the ridiculousness of the neocons, of the Nikki Haley's and the Chris Christie's and others that were in this that have pulled out already because it's winnowed down to four at this point and it needs to be less. And, you know, I, I think when Vivek jumps out, I think he's going to support Trump. I don't think he's gonna, going to support DeSantis. I think he's going to support Trump. Now, maybe he will. Maybe he'll throw his weight behind DeSantis and say, look, we need somebody younger because that's been a big part of his pitch. DeSantis is only 44. DeSantis looks 20 years older than Vivek, but he's only like six or seven years older than Vivek. But Vivek Ramaswamy did great work for our party and for our cause. He outed the people on the left. This really felt like watching this debate. This is the last gasp of the old guard, wishy-washy, establishment, you know, kissing the ass of, of the billionaire class, neocon, rhino Republicans in Chris Christie and Nikki Haley. That's what I saw. That's what came across to me. So if you didn't watch the debate, believe me, it happened. For people, for vote, and look, the only people really watching are Republican voters trying to make up their mind who to vote for in the primary. This is the nerds. The nerds of us are watching this stuff, right? It's like watching the Saints play the Panthers. You got to be a nerd. Oh, you bought Sunday ticket and you're watching the Panthers and the Saints? You are a football nerd. Oh, a Panthers Saints replay is on NFL Network on Tuesday afternoon. Oh, I'm watching that. I'm a nerd. That's what this was. But for those nerds, this thing's gotten very clear. It's very clear. It's also obvious why a rhino can't win the nomination anymore. The majority of Republicans are now very conservative. They're right of center within the party. They've had it. They're sick of it. They're sick of people going there and getting rich. They're sick of people going there supporting big pharmaceuticals and war and all the companies that make money off of war and all of the politicians that make money off of war. They're tired of it. And man, it is showing up in a big way. And Vivek Ramaswamy had a large role in that. I think when we look back, if we're sitting here on November 24 and Trump or DeSantis is in the White House, I think it will be very important for people to look back and ask the question, what was Vivek Ramaswamy's role in all this? Because I don't know what his role will be over the next year, but whoever the nominee is, they're going to have that guy on stage. He's young, he's vibrant, he needs to be on stage. He needs to throw some haymakers at Biden or Newsom or whoever that you maybe don't want the candidate to throw. This is not Mike Pence standing there wanting to hold your hand with a Bible in the other and pray. All right, Vivek's going to come out and crush the Democrat. I mean, he is a freaking pit bull. That is so useful in a campaign. And I, I do think he's going to be very, very helpful to either Trump or DeSantis. And I do think it will be Trump. But I, I, honest to God, what I'd really like to see is I'd like to see three of the four that we saw last night just pull out. Just pull out. Let's let's put DeSantis and Trump together in a primary and let the party decide. Let's see where we are on this. Let's see where we are. At one point, Vivek held up a sign, if you haven't seen it. He made a handwritten sign that said, Nikki is corrupt, and just held it up to the cameras. I mean, this guy will do anything on a debate stage. He is an absolute firecracker. There's no controlling him. Don't try to give him debate rules because he don't care. And if he agrees to debate rules, he's going to break them. 
He does not care. And he has been very, very good for our party and for our cause. And I applaud him on that. Chris, Christie's dead man walking. I think he's going to pull out and say, hey, I got 5% of this thing. Go with Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's going to stay in probably for quite some time because she's got a lot of money behind her. She has all the money behind her. And for some reason, people are in love with her in the media. But we know why. They're not us. They're not reflective of what conservative Republicans are. But man, Vivek, nice work. You were great for the party. How about this news out of the state of Kansas? The state of Kansas next year is expected to have almost $3 billion, with a B, $3 billion in surplus. Okay, so how did this happen? Well, Brownback was governor and he lowered taxes. And everybody was like, uh-oh, Brownback's ruining the state of Kansas. And a lot of people still believe that. And you, If you're a Republican, you don't want to be affiliated with Brownback in any way. I don't know why that was a Democrat's narrative, whatever. I believe lower taxes and creating more jobs and doing all these things would be good for Kansas. And now it's sort of proven out because the reaction to what Brownback did was to raise the taxes back. And so they did that. And even though there's a Democrat governor in there, Laura Kelly, the GOP has a supermajority and they've stopped all of our spending initiatives. So we really haven't spent a whole lot of money in Kansas. As the tax dollars went up after Brownback, they raised our taxes. Because of course they did. Brownback's evil. It was just not going to work. Well, it almost looks to me like it would have worked if we just stayed with it. We knew it was painful early, but it would have worked. State of Kansas has $3 billion that is earmarked for nothing. It's just sitting there. Now, I'm a simpleton. They're all running around trying to figure out how to spend it. They want to give $900 to every married couple in Kansas. Well, that's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. I'm more for lowering taxes going forward. Let's give a tax break to people that are working income tax. Some people say, oh, let's lower the property tax. Well, okay, whatever. Is that designed for seniors maybe to help seniors? I'm not sure. Democrats want to do it, so I don't trust it. This one to me is easy. Lower the income tax. You have more coming in than you're spending. Don't spend more. They have $3 billion. Here's an idea. Oh, just a crazy little idea. How about you take the $3 billion and you invest it? Seems to me every billionaire, just do this. Buy, War, buy Berkshire Hathaway stock with it. Let Warren Buffett's company guide the state of Kansas. What are the traditional returns on that account? 15%? So what would that be? Oh, that would be 150, 15% would be $450 million a year that would grow and then exponentially grow if you invested it. What would it, what would it be if the state of Kansas took $3 billion and invested it and, and let it sit there for 20 years? How much money would the state of Kansas have at that point? And what could they eventually do with it? Or with the revenue coming in off what they already have, Every single year, counting on that revenue, if they just started saying, like a retirement fund, if you get that thing to $10 billion and you say, we're going to take 5% off every year, we're still invested, we're going to take $500 million a year out of this fund and lower your taxes. There is a point where there would be no income tax in Kansas. There's a point where that money would be so great that the people of Kansas would not be taxed. What are they thinking about? Why would you spend it? 
Any financial advisor would tell you not to spend it. Invest it for your future. Why don't these states do this? If they have massive surplus, which is crazy because it's the opposite of the federal government, this shows you how much better Kansas and Missouri are than our federal government because they both had surpluses with Republican control. Don't spend it. Invest it. Get to a point where the fund is so much money that you scrape off the interest every year and don't have an income tax. What would that do for the state of Kansas if there was no income tax? And it didn't hurt you. You know, the idea Brownback had was lower this thing to where there's no income tax like Texas and Florida and these other places. Uh, what is Kansas income tax? 6%? Something like that. We, okay, you get to a point where every Kansan is making 6% more than they would. That's real money they'll spend. That's great for your economy. That's great for job creation. It's great for everything. And you, as a small state that don't have the opportunities that Florida and Texas have or Nevada to not have an income tax through tourism or just sheer number of people, you put yourself in a financially responsible place where you eliminate your income tax and life is good because you're just pulling money out of a fund that has billions in it. Now, there are people that are upset. They're saying, we were overtaxed, they stole from us, whatever. That's fine. You can make that argument that this was botched and that is our money. But that money's gone at this point. We've lost it. Do you want the state of Kansas to spend it? I don't. I want them to invest it. And I don't know how much money, you know, you need to, you need to make every year to get to no income tax. I haven't looked that up. I'm sure it's in the billions and billions of dollars. But you'll eventually get there. If you invest the money, we're, we're talking about $3 billion to invest here. You know, many, how many billionaires have you read about that had, you know, they sold their company, they had $3 billion, and now their net worth is like 12. And then some of them, their net worth is over $100 billion now. Because once they have it and they're investing it, it really multiplies. And it's massive numbers. I don't know what Kansas is thinking about. Writing checks for $450 to every individual and $900 to every married couple because we overtaxed you. How about lower the taxes now? And just invest the money. Let it sit there. I'll be dead. I don't care. Let it sit there for 30 years. At some point, it will be enough that you can scrape the interest off of it and have no income tax in this state. That should be the goal for our children and our grandchildren. Not for us. Not for me. My money's gone. Whatever they taxed out of me is in that $3 billion. It's gone. I don't expect it back. And I don't want it back. They just got, they get everything so wrong. There is no long-term planning ever by our government officials. They really are not very smart. Just not very smart at all. I'll tell you what could be smart for you and your health if you have pain or some sort of a chronic illness or malady is Dr. Kip Van Camp and the folks at Ideal Health KC. This is using your body's blood and tissue to help you repair your own body. Man, I believe this is where it's at. Not pills, not shots, not expensive cut-you-open surgeries. Try it. It may be for you. You might as well consult with Dr. Van Camp and find out. If you have joint pain issues, if you're stiff all the time, there are people with, with spine and back problems, a chiropractor maybe hasn't been able to fix, and some doctor wants to cut you open and do some massive surgery on your back, try this first. Tissue, stem cell treatment could be massive for you. It could just be great. Dr. Kip Van Camp would love to consult with you about what ails you. And listen, it may not be a match. But you got to find out. If you're in pain, find out. IdealHealthKC.com, 
5,300. I've heard people say, oh, the doctor says I need to have rotator cuff surgery. Or you may have pulled a hamstring and it's chronic and it's sticking with you and it won't go away. I mean, he's, he's done hamstring work. He gets so frustrated. You watch Chiefs players hurt hamstrings. You're like, I'm, a lot of Chiefs players get a hammy. He's convinced that he can get them playing the following Sunday. I, I haven't had these issues, but when I do, the first place I'm going is Dr. Van Camp. 913-745-5300, idealhealthkc.com. The Finch Knife Company, oh, they're having this big event on Saturday. If you love pocket knives, watches, you want to go to a cool holiday party, they're allowing our listeners to come in with their VIP partners. Okay, they have all these vendors around the country that sell their knives, and they do watches as well. The Raven Watch Line is also part of the guys at Finch. Ravenwatches.com. If you want to check out watches, if you love watches, check them out, ravenwatches.com. They're having a Finch holiday party in downtown Kansas City on Saturday from 1 to 4 at 2120 Washington Street, and you're invited. This is just north of the Ferris wheel. You're invited to be there. I'm invited to be there. Everybody's invited to be there that listens to this podcast, but it's not really an open to the public thing. It's their vendors. It's going to be really cool. All of the knives will be there. They're debuting the new McCoy series, which debuts this Friday, the 8th, as well as Steve, who is a co-owner of Finch. He's owned Raven watches since 2008. They will all be there. They'll have all his watches there for you to take a look at. They're really cool. All of their products online at finchknifeco.com and ravenwatch, ravenwatches.com, ravenwatches.com. Hey, you've been seeing all these holiday commercials uh, from Mike Lindell on MyPillow and the huge savings that he has. Every commercial that you see or hear anywhere else and all of the specials they have are available to you with the promo code KKHI. The promo code on the TV ad or somewhere else you hear it is not special, Okay. The promo code from your favorite podcast is the same as that one, if not better. We have the top promo code available. There are other promo codes out there that won't save you as much. Not ours. It is the maximum savings on anything at MyPillow.com this holiday season. The promo code is KKHI. Also at MyStore.com. If you'd like to check that out, there's some great gift ideas there at MyStore.com. Promo code K-K-H-I, and remember, all of our sponsors and more this Christmas season are at thekklist.com. I probably should talk about thekklist.com more often because a lot of you send me emails still and say, what was the name of this company that does this? And I just am so thankful that you want to support our sponsors and you believe in them and you trust me that I know them personally and deal with them on a daily basis in business and as friends. And we can trust them especially when you mention the podcast. This is a fraternity. It's a brotherhood. It's a family. It's cool. And the KKList.com has everyone. They're all there. All kinds of different goods and services at the KKList.com. All right, the best thing I've seen this week, this is going to be a little inside baseball for podcasting, radio. I get a lot of emails when you say you enjoy it when I talk about the medium. Not media in general, but the medium of what it is that I've done over the last 25, 30 years with talk radio and now podcasting. And I was listening, um, in fact, my, my friend Jim Cotty, who owns Smoke and Fire in Overland Park, left me a voicemail last night and said, check out this podcast. And they're talking about the demise of so many podcasts, why they've gone under. Well, when they first started, they were very expensive. They sent teams of people out to do what they consider to be real journalism, but it, it wasn't. It was mostly liberal stuff. And they would send a eight-person team to travel for three months and then produce one podcast, well, that's really expensive and it's not going to work. 
And that's, I don't, I, I never thought when I started podcasting that that's what would work. I never thought, hey, if I do one really great podcast a month, I could just kill it. That doesn't even make sense to me. Okay. When I was in radio all those years, 90% of the interviews that I did in radio, I didn't want to do. Half of them were, were thrown on me. They were just things that you, you did. Like, oh, we're affiliated with Sporting Kansas City. You got the coach. It, by the way, Peter Vermees, I shouldn't even be mentioning them because he was always a great interview. But most people aren't. Patrick Mahomes, every week, I got 10 minutes with him. It was dreadful. It was painful. He's terrible. Nice guy. Great guy. Super player. Complete waste of time. I don't know why anybody would listen to it. I really don't. I don't, unless I just ask him about his favorite video games and, you know, that he wears old underwear or something. I mean, that, that, that's the only thing that he would talk about. Is he ain't saying anything about football. He just wasn't going to. Interviews kind of suck. Every year we would go to Lake Tahoe for the American Century Championship, the celebrity golf tournament. It was the worst week of the year for me. And I'm in Lake Tahoe, 82 and sunny at a golf course, doing a show with the world's biggest celebrities. It was awful. You know why it was awful? We'd sit there and kill seven or eight minutes in a segment talking about nothing, hoping to get Justin Timberlake to walk over and sit down with us, and it would never happen. Then we'd get confirmation that somebody as nice as Al Michaels was going to come by, and it was great, but he's running late. He's over there with the San Diego station, and now I'm sitting here tap dancing. Lebo's back in studio. We are talking about nothing, and you can't start another interview. You can't play a tape. You can't do anything because he could walk over at any second. When he does, you got to go. It was bad radio. And then the interviews mostly weren't very good. This is from a guy named Perry Michael Simon. I do not know who he is. He writes for Barrett Sports Media. And he writes, this is, un- this is so great. And I'm, I'm, I'm terrified that he wrote this because I don't want anybody in my business to know this. Here we go. What was the last interview you remember? I can wait. Yeah, it's not so easy, is it? Most interviews on radio, TV, or podcast, or in print, are anything but memorable. Either nobody says anything, other than the usual platitudes, or the host fawns over and then tosses softballs at the guest. The only thing accomplished is you fill a segment the easy way. Hey, the guest is doing all the work. Cool. And the host is ideally maintaining access to the guest while pleasing some publicist who will, the producer hopes, send more clients to the show. Everybody wins, right? Not the audience. That's so true. He goes on to write, most interviews suck. Most interviews have little reason to exist in the first place. Not if the host, anchor, or reporter isn't going to ask any tough questions the audience wants answered. Is it entertaining or enlightening to a radio listener or podcast listener? And if an interview consists of stock answers, vague platitudes, or ridiculous opinions met with zero resistance from the host, who wants to hear that? Yet that's what I see, I hear, and I read everywhere every single day. And here's the key line. Nobody gets challenged. And in the rare instances when an interview guest does get challenged, the interviewer invariably lets them off the hook. The money line of the whole piece, quote, follow-ups are non-existent. That's right. There are no follow-up questions in interviews anymore. Now, I've lost track of how many people tell me the best thing that I ever did on radio was interviews. I actually don't think I'm all that good at a lot of stuff, but I'm pretty good at interviewing people. And I miss it. And I'd love to do more of it. And I felt this all the way, it's been going on for 20 years because I had people saying they would set their day to take a late lunch or they would play it back or something in their garage and listen to my monologue every day, which was at two o'clock. It's not the most convenient time of day. 
to hear what I have to say, but I did a 25 minute monologue every day. And we started putting those up as podcasts about 13, 14 years ago that weren't really known as podcasts. Then we just put them on the website and said, Hey, if you missed any segments of the show, go listen to them. They're on the website. And the next day we would come back in and the monologue always had more listens than every other segment combined. And the worst ones were the interviews. I started doing this podcast with a series of interviews. The very first week, I lined up big name guests. We had good people on. I had Kevin Harlan. I had the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs. We had politicians. It was good. I had big guests the first week of the show. It was cool. And it launched us. And I couldn't have been more wrong. And I can't explain it. And I don't understand it. And I'm not sure why, other than guests don't say as much as the host will say. And a lot of them are come on and they're not really willing to be open and honest, but some of them just don't give much effort. When I go on Pete Mundo's show or Chris DeGaulle or something like that, man, I'm bringing effort every time. I know what it's like to be the host. And, and in a way, when you have me on as a guest, it is my job to carry that segment, not theirs. The secret of this podcast, when I don't have guests on, we get twice as many downloads. When I have a guest, it doesn't get as many. The exceptions to this I've found over three years are the football feast with Stan Weber. Everybody loves him. He's such a great analyst who can't love him. People, our audience loves football. Stan knows football than anybody we know. And he's great. And he brings it every single week. It goes bonkers. It's the highest rated podcast of the week. Lee Sterling comes on a regular basis as a service. But there's a full podcast there before him. I've learned if I'm going to have a guest on, shorten the interview, do the regular podcast stuff first, and then have the guest on. And then you can make the choice whether to keep listening or not. It's a bizarre concept. Nobody in radio or podcasting knows this. Nobody. You know who knew it? One person knew this, and he learned it at the very beginning. Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh knew this. Oh, yeah, he had Trump on when Trump was president or running for president. He'd have the, he had George Bush on. He'd have the president on or somebody really high up. Boy, it was really rare that Rush Limbaugh had a guest on his show. You know why? People weren't tuning in for the guest. And I can't thank you enough or tell you what it means when I see the number of you that hit the play button every day. When you hit play, you came to hear what I have to say. I don't know why. I don't understand it. God bless you. It's the most unbelievable feeling in the world to know that people hit the play button and want to know what I think. It's humbling. It's bizarre. But I thank Perry Michael Simon for writing this story. It's a uh, it's really good. He goes on to give examples of one of his hosts in Philadelphia getting into an argument with a senator, Frank Lautenberg from New Jersey, and they were having a screaming match. And he went running to the control room. This guy was the program director, and he was going to stop it because he heard this on the radio. They were screaming at each other, and he's like, well, wait a second. My host is making good points, and he's got the senator on the ropes, and our listeners are probably loving this, and he let it go on. He didn't pull the plug on it. Like, yes, when you have that rare interview where something really cool is going on, don't pull the plug. Don't ever pull the plug. That's the best thing I've read this week. We appreciate that. You know, some people in our business just think, get a celebrity on, and that's good for business. These are the shallowest of people. I know them. I worked with them. I was partners with them. They just think the coolest thing is, what celebrity can you get on? Get a celebrity on. Let's go to Tahoe. Get any celebrity on. A guy from a soap opera that nobody knows. Get him on. He's a celebrity. He's an actor. They told us he's famous. He's here playing golf. Get him on absolutely useless. 
and, and I know this about the podcast audience. Y'all aren't that impressed with celebrities. You're not. Oh, you've got your favorite sports athletes you love. And you remember and you idolize as a child and probably have some today that you'd give anything to have their autograph or hang their jersey or whatever. It's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the celebrity factor. Get somebody famous on. That's really cool. Yeah. You start podcasting, you find out people people read the headlines and the description of the podcast are like, mm, this is an interview. Uh, I think I'll pass on this one today. It's very, very, very strange. All right, let's end our sports with something. I'm sorry, our news with something fun. This is comedian Bill Burr. He was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And here's the funny part is truth, conservatism, and everything now has become comedy because there's so many people that believe in all the leftist stuff that when you tell them the truth, it's really funny. And this man is funny. Jimmy Kimmel is a flaming leftist, which is amazing because he used to host something called The Man Show. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, man. Jimmy Kimmel has become a huge leftist because it's making him rich, wealthy beyond his wildest dreams. So he gets to stay there as long as he espouses the BS that's coming out of his mouth. Bill Burr is a comedian that will say anything to anyone. He's sitting right there next to Jimmy Kimmel and starts making fun of liberals in a very funny way concerning Donald Trump. This is awesome. Like, I know what I'm going to tell my kids when they get to a certain age. I I really am. Like, I have it down about religion and, and people. Really? Narcissists, sociopaths, all of this type of stuff. Like, you want to see a great case thing on, like, narcissism. Liberals are so stupid the way that they handle Trump. What do you mean? You should shut up. He's a narcissist. Neutral energy. Yeah. Neutral. You think he'd go away? You know what I think he was? I think he was a one-hit wonder. Uh Uh-huh. Right? He wrote The Twist. Uh-huh. And then that was it. He was on the casino circuit, and then you yeah. idiot liberals wrote him twist again when yeah. you indicted him. And yeah. now he's a martyr. And now he's, he's coming back, Jimmy. The peppermint twist he's is back. He's coming yeah. back. <laughs> it's going to be great for comedy. He's coming back. I, I can't believe like these are honestly going to be our two choices, because I, I really try to, with each thing, to try to be like, figure out who I'm going to put. I mean, it's got to be... I want somebody in their 40s, somebody that's going to have to live with their decisions. I don't want, like, you know, with any luck. With any luck. That is Bill Burr, and I really like that guy. I don't know exactly where he stands politically. I'm sure he's somewhere in the middle or leans left on a few things. But just to tell the truth and to tell liberals what they are and make it a comedy bit, see, that hurts them even more. Like, they take criticism from us on our side, and it just goes in one ear and out the other. They, They don't care. You say something that's funny and you start mocking them for their stupidity, it will kill them. It will crush them. We need more conservative comedy that makes fun of them. Truly. The Daily Wire has produced a movie about transgenders in sports that's a comedy. Go to dailywire.com if you want to check that out. I think you have to subscribe or buy it. But I've heard some people say they've watched the trailer. It's pretty funny. And it's making fun of liberals. And that really is where it's at. That's really where you make their heads explode is by mocking them. And Bill Burr did that in a big way on the Jimmy Kimmel show. That was cool stuff. Hey, it's also cool. I got a text from Mike Robinson yesterday at Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC in Excelsior Springs. He sent me a text. He goes, Kevin, every day, here it comes. He was holding up two more packages of toys that you folks sent to Roberts Robinson Chevrolet, which is just incredible. I did did this on a lark. I didn't know it was work. It was my idea. I didn't promise him anything. I didn't even tell him I was doing it. 
I said, I will ask our listeners, you're doing a toy drive. I'm not going to ask them to drive to Excelsior Springs, but I'm going to ask them to buy a toy, $10 or less, something, just a little bitty toy. Wherever they shop, walmart.com, Amazon, your favorite place. It's free shipping. Just have it sent to 1501 Kearney Road, Excelsior Springs, Missouri, 64024. And you're doing it. He said every day, a couple more packages come. God bless you. That's just incredible. You know, we're working with Christmas Shining Star as well. And we, we had her on over the weekend. Had a wonderful interview. Susan Walker couldn't have been nicer. And my mom loves that charity. And some of you have sent things to Christmas Shining Star. It's here in Kansas City. It's easier to drive there, probably for most of you, than Excelsior. It's the same sort of thing and sort of charity. So I don't mean to kind of, you know, cross over these two issues. But I think it's really cool. I think somebody in Florida sent something or somebody like states and states away. Like you listen to the podcast, you have a second home, you're gone or whatever, have sent things from out of state. And that's really cool. If you listen to this podcast somewhere else, you want to feel good, you want to make a difference, send a toy to 1501 Kearney Road, Excelsior Springs, Missouri, 64024. It's really cool stuff. Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC. We are professional grade. The Blue Mountain Hotel in Manhattan would love to be your business hotel, or maybe you're headed out for a college basketball game at some point this winter. We'll have more on K-State College Basketball. They booted their best player yesterday. Woo, boy, are the K-State fans unhappy. The website is bluemonthotel.com. If you'd like group reservations or you want to set up some sort of an outing for your company, a business party or wedding party or graduation in the spring or something going on at school, the Bluemont Hotel is the go-to place to stay in Manhattan. Bluemonthotel.com and Goolsby's Indoor Entertainment Center is there. If you're just in Manhattan for a day and you're not spending the night, check out Goolsby's inside the Bluemont Hotel. It's on the corner of campus in Aggieville. There's no better place than that. Bluemonthotel.com. And my buddy Tim Cross over at Cross Kitchens is still offering free countertops. He's trying to fill up his winter schedule. They want to work indoors and they want to work at your house. Get on his schedule right now. Dip your toe in the water. You don't have to make any kind of a commitment. He can come to your house, totally non-committal. You don't have to agree to anything at that point. Just tell him what you're thinking you'd like to do. Give a listen what it is that they do. Take a look at the rendering and decide if you want to do it now or in six months or in a year. People are staying in their homes. They're not buying and selling homes right now. You're staying. You're staying. If you have a mortgage, you probably have a really, really, really low interest rate. And you're thinking about staying even longer. So give it a go, man. Your home is your castle. All you have is time. Spend it wisely. You spend most of your time at home. CrossKitchensKC.com. On to sports. The Kansas City Chiefs, Nick Bolton, stud linebacker. Full practice on Wednesday. Full practice. Here's who did not practice. Pacheco didn't practice. Cook didn't practice. Tranquil didn't practice, and Smith didn't practice. So four out on Wednesday, but Nick Bolton, a full participant. A lot of talk about Wanya Morris, the new uh, offensive lineman, the rookie that played last week. Andy Reid says he played well, and he'll probably see more time this week. That's good. That's good. There is a lot of questioning and talk about Patrick Mahomes having too much freedom with this offense. Mahomes claiming that he had never changed into the play that he changed into when he threw the interception. If you break that play down, it's really simple. Mahomes made the bad read. The defender cut straight back, knew the play, cut straight back behind the pick, and basically was in position on the route better than Sky Moore. Sky Moore cut it off and was going back shoulder throw because that happened, but Mahomes didn't see it. 
He didn't read it as it was happening. He threw the ball too soon. Honestly, that's what he did is he threw it too soon. So I'll ask the question, does Patrick Mahomes have too much freedom in this offense? Patrick Mahomes has the ability, opportunity, and support of his head coach to change the play every single time at the line of scrimmage. And he's changing more and more plays this year than ever. And we're talking about confused wide receivers. We're talking about wide receivers being the problem and being confused. They're standing there. So if that's the issue with this team, wide receiver confusion, not being on the same page as their quarterback, how about you stop changing the play? Let's try to simplify it a little bit. No? A terrible idea, you think? Hey, listen, I'm not an NFL head coach. I'm just saying, if our problem is receivers don't know what to do and it's too confusing, why are you changing plays to the line of scrimmage? At least give them a few seconds to think about what they're about to do. Travis Kelsey has a new line of frozen meals available at Walmart. Just what you needed to know. These things are called Travis Kelsey's Kitchen. Only at Walmart, they're man's meals. They're like barbecue, mac and cheese, giant meatballs. Because of course he does. And I'm going to guess they sell and they sell a bunch of them. Get this. How many times have you been at an auction and they, hey, here's a game-worn jersey. I've been to auctions where a game-worn Patrick Mahomes jersey goes for 1500 bucks, And I think to myself, well, that's a lot. But 1500 is Patrick Mahomes. He wore it in a game. Has a date on it. It's signed. That's a pretty cool item. Keep it forever, whatever. A Travis Kelsey game-worn jersey. This is a, I don't know what game it was. It was not a big, important game. It's not a Super Bowl jersey. I don't even want to know what that'll go for because he's dating Taylor Swift now. And he has meals at Walmart. A Travis Kelsey game-worn jersey yesterday sold online for $37,000. God. Wow. Because he's dating... Taylor Swift. Mm-mm-mm. Bad day for Kansas State fans. I saw a guy, he, had, he put a tweet out. It was actually kind of funny. Somewhere, some 57-year-old that doesn't have Twitter and isn't seeing all this is having a much better day than I am. And I wanted to reply to that and say, 57-year-olds are on Twitter. We just don't melt down like 27-year-olds. See, when you're 57, you care, but you don't lose your mind over something that's happening in sports. You just don't. You do not wear it on your sleeve in your 50s or 60s like you do in your teens and 20s. There's a lot of things in life you don't wear on your sleeve in your 50s and 60s like you do in your teens and your 20s. And it's so funny because while young people make fun of older people, you just want to say to them, I'll be dead and gone, but you won't be, you'll be amazed when you're my age, looking back, realizing how little you knew. (laughs) You're just going to be shocked. It's going to blow your mind that you think you're so smart when you're 25 and someday you'll be 55 and go, damn, I didn't know very much. (laughs) It's it's incredible. It it, It really is the story of life. The beauty of living a long life is that, is that we just keep improving and getting smarter and we know more. It's true. And, and young people love to dismiss it and nobody wants a young president or an old president, right? Oh, we can't have an old guy in there. Well, wisdom is no longer valued or cherished in our society, but it's real. There are more important things than Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey. And I can sit here and do that stuff all day, and it's probably great for the podcast. I could probably get Swifties to start listening to this podcast if I really wanted to. 
I probably could. And anyway, would it be good for business? I don't know. Are they buy anything from our sponsors? I have no idea. All I know is this dude was making fun of, oh, somewhere there's a 57-year-old K-State fan with his head buried in the sand that doesn't even know what's going on, and he's having a lot better day than me. Here's how bad it was at Kansas State on Wednesday. Colin Klein, the offensive coordinator, left the football program with Avery Johnson coming in as quarterback, like the best quarterback they believe they've ever had at Kansas State. He's got the stud coming in that he's been working with for an entire year, developing him, bringing up his game. They're getting ready to go do a bowl game together and see what the kids got, and Colin Klein leaves. He's making $850,000 at K-State. A&M is going to pay him $1.55 million to be their offensive coordinator. So I get that. Now, here's the part you don't know. It started out as a package deal. Elko, the new coach at A&M, said, I want Colin Klein and Avery Johnson. It was going to be a package deal. They're going to NIL Avery Johnson and pay him millions to come. This is what's incredible. The kid stayed. The coach didn't. Now. I'm told the reason why that happened was Colin Klein said to Elko, the coach at AM, if you want me, that's fine. I'll listen to you all day long. This will never be a package deal. It would be immoral and wrong for me to leave and take a player that will never happen. So let's end this right here, right now. Do not even bring that up again. We're not taking anything else from Kansas State. If you want me and my salary's doubling here, I'll listen to you. This is good for my career. There are going to be no hard feelings at K-State if I go. The fans will be pissed, but there's going to be no hard feeling. Colin Klein is essentially, a lot of people thought, was the coach in waiting at K-State. But you're going to sit there at eight fifty dollars a year and wait, what, five, seven, eight more years for Kleiman to retire? You're not going to do that. Klein's young. He's only 33. He's going to be a head coach real fast. And, the, and just like Kotelnicki at KU, they're finding that the better move is to go to a bigger school and stay a coordinator than to become a head coach at North Texas. Because if you do well as a coordinator at a bigger school, like A&M, and Klein had the number one offense in the Big 12 this year, nobody knows this, points per drive, K-State was number one in the Big 12. He had the most efficient, best offense in the Big 12. The guy knows what he's doing. He's going to be a stud coach. There's no doubt about that. And there is a chance that someday he'd come back and be K-State's head coach. That'd be a great thing. But he's gone, and K-Staters melted down over this, and they were really worried about Avery Johnson. What you need to know is a lot of people say, this about this guy, and they have morals and scruples, and they're a good person and all that. Most of those times, I don't believe that. Colin Klein is that guy. You just got to trust me on this. Colin Klein is the best person in the room. He is devoutly Christian, devoted to his family. He made the right choice for his career and his family to take this job and, in the process, save Kansas State from losing their quarterback, saying, I will not even consider talking to you about a package deal that's wrong, that's immoral, and I'm not going to do it. And so it didn't go anywhere. That's where it ended. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But then, several hours later, after a demonstration on campus, students rallied for Naquan Tomlin, the best returning player at Kansas State, who's been suspended all year. He got into a bar fight. All those charges have been dropped. It's diversion. He's fine on that front, we believe. But they still haven't let him play. And nobody could figure out why. And I've just continued to tell my buddies, there's something we don't know. It isn't what you know that's keeping him from playing. Some people think there might have been a girl involved, that he shoved or he hit a girl. Maybe this is a school issue. Some people suggested maybe it was an agent that he'd hired when he dipped his toe in the waters with the NBA, that he violated some rules. I still don't know what it is, but it is not the thing that's resolved. Okay? Unless 
It involves a different victim or something that hasn't been described, like punching or shoving a woman. We don't know what it is. But because the demonstrations on campus started, the university president decided this is not going to be a circus. We're done with Naquan Tomlin. It's over. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting to resolve this and get him back on the team. We've given every opportunity and we're waiting and doing our due diligence. And then when the students did what they did and started demonstrating on camp, they, they were holding signs saying free Naquan like he was a slave. It was ugly. It was ugly. It was a bunch of white boys, white, white, you know, 19-year-old white kids from Olathe holding signs to free Naquan. And then Naquan Tomlin, who's black, drives by in his car and waves at him and they're all taking selfies and it's becoming a circus on campus. And that's where they said, that's it, we're done. We're done. And their hands are tied legally. They said, we can't say what this is about. We can't, we, we just can't. Naquan can, he can say whatever he wants at this point. He's gone, he's out. And K-State fans are freaking out and they want the president fired and all this other stuff. I'm like, there has to be a reason. Now I'll wait, I may swing to their side and think that the university president's an idiot and they botched this thing completely. I, I reserve the right to change my mind. But generally speaking, when the lawyers are telling you, you got a shit show on your hands with this player and he can't be part of the team right now. And then you go to a point where the lawyers write up a release and say, here's what we can say. And he's gone. Something real is happening. The fans are changing in sports. They all think they know, especially younger fans. They read crap all over Twitter and TikTok and stuff and think they know everything that's going on. And you don't know what's going on. We just described that in this podcast. I could interview Richard Linton or the athletic director, and they still wouldn't tell you what's going on. You don't know what you don't know. It's never been more true. A crazy day in Manhattan. Three days at the winter meetings for the Kansas City Royals in Nashville produced nothing, really, of any. They got a Rule 5 player. They made a trade for a guy you never heard of. J.J. Piccolo was quoted, he's the general manager of the 106 lost Royals. He was quoted at the winter meeting saying, we're not a 106 lost team. Well, that's inaccurate. You are a 106 lost team. Then after they concluded, how did it go? Not much happened. And Piccolo said, quote, it's still developing, unquote. Meaning their off-season, the execution of their off-season plan, it's still developing. Winter meetings were an absolute snooze for the Kansas City Royals. Our final final of the day is brought to you by Fry Orthodontics. 14 locations online at fryorthodontics.com, where your smile is just the start. Aminis at 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park, also in St. Louis, Tulsa, and Oklahoma City. Pinball, golden tee, pool table, shuffleboard, hot tub, saunas, leather theater seating. It's all at Aminis. Aminis.com, 105th and Metcalf. This is Aminis. And ticketsforless.com with your promo code and no fees ever. K-K-H-I. That's K-K-H-I. Always 5 to 15% off any order. Not just sports. Concerts, theater, not just in Kansas City. Anywhere around the country or around the world. Ticketsforless.com. If you're going to an event and you need a ticket, ticketsforless.com will get you the best seats, the best price. And at checkout, promo code K-K-H-I saves you 5 to 15% every single time. Our final final while we're on the topic of crap shows is, you know, our favorite show is Yellowstone, but we're done with it. We've seen them all. They say they're going to do one more season to conclude it. Kevin Costner turned into a douche, got into a fight with Taylor Sheridan, doesn't really want to work. He's going to come back and get killed. They're going to write him off and kill him. They're going to have spinoff shows and the spinoff shows are fine, but they're not Yellowstone. Cole Hauser became really, really famous playing a character called Rip. He's the cowboy in the black hat. He runs the ranch. He's a good guy, but he's a bad guy. You know the character. 
Taylor Sheridan is the creator of the show. He writes it, produces it, directs it. Taylor Sheridan's the guy getting rich off of all these shows. He's a genius. He's an absolute genius. These people are largely conservatives in Hollywood, producing content for people like us that really enjoy conservative programming. This is a great show. It is on CBS now. It was on Paramount Plus forever or Paramount Network forever. They're showing it now on CBS on Sunday nights. They're starting season three, I think, next month. Um, but they, they, it's just mayhem. Like this is Billy Martin's Yankees or something. Taylor Sheridan's company is now suing Cole Hauser's company. Taylor Sheridan has a company called Bosk Ranch, and it's a header company for a lot of things that he does. So he has something called Bosk Ranch Coffee under his name and umbrella and his companies. Well, Cole Hauser in October started a company called Free Rain Coffee. And it's got a real, by the way, a really cool regular logo that says Free Rain Coffee. And it's in red, white, and blue, and it's really neat. But they have a regular logo that you'd put like on a ball cap that's just an F and an R. And it looks like one of those cattle ranch stamps, like a like you hit your cattle with, right? Uh, on uh, the branding iron. Got it? It looks like that. And it's an F and an R. Well, Bosque Ranch Coffee has a similar one that you would have on a branding iron and put on your cattle. And Bosque Ranch is BR, and this is FR. And I don't know why it's come to this. I don't have the backstory. Taylor Sheridan's company has filed a lawsuit against Cole Hauser's company for them to change their logo because it looks too much like theirs. And you think your family is dysfunctional. Woo! If they come back and film another series, another season of Yellowstone, as they're all in their contract to do, I cannot imagine the tension on that set. All hell is going to break loose. Thank you so much for listening to KKHI. We'd love to have you as a patron. Come on and sign up. We've got Between the Lines 2.0 coming up on Thursday. Lee Sterling's Thursday night pick is exclusive for patrons. You can sign up at kkhasissues.com. Do it on your laptop, your desktop. It's easier than doing it on your phone. We'd love to have you join, maybe as your Christmas present this year, as a patron of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.